Welcome to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Now here's your Lighthouse Council host. Hello and welcome to The Beacon Podcast, your connection to nonprofit success. I'm Karen Baldwin, your host for today's discussion on strategic planning for colleges and universities. Our guest today is Howard Cohen, Senior Advisor at Lighthouse Council. Howard also is Chancellor Emeritus at Purdue University Northwest. Welcome, Howard. Thank you, Karen. Great to be here with you. Howard's career in higher education has spanned more than 50 years, and his areas of practice include strategic and academic planning, department chair leadership, leadership team development, and organization structural transformation. Howard has held academic appointments as a professor of philosophy and administrative appointments as department chair, program director, dean, provost, and chancellor serving at the University of Massachusetts, Boston, the University of Wisconsin, Parkside, the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, Purdue University, Northwest, and SUNY Buffalo State. He formerly was a senior associate and executive director of ASCU Consulting, a group that works primarily with public regional universities. Howard's teaching and research interests have focused in the areas of social philosophy and ethics as he addresses questions related to the obligations of those in positions of authority who make decisions for others. He is the author of two books, Equal Rights for Children and Power and Restraint, The Moral Dimensions of Police Work, and numerous journal articles. Again, Howard, welcome. We're so pleased to have you as a guest with us here today. Karen, I'm delighted to be here with you and um, really happy to be able to share my experience uh, on the podcast. Howard, you shared with us before we started recording that you believe 2021 through 2022 is time for reviewing strategic plans and considering mid-course corrections. Can you tell us what can a strategic plan review accomplish? Sure. Let me start by saying that uh, over the last academic year and the last year and a half for all of us, uh, there have been really dramatic changes in higher education. Uh, those changes were brought about by the pandemic and colleges and universities very quickly had to decide whether to stay open in person, whether to go online, whether to do hybrid teaching, whether to put their services online. And all of that uh, having been done for the last year and a half or so, and now entering this uh, new academic year, raises the question, are some of these changes uh, merely temporary or will others be permanent going forward? And to answer those questions, uh, that raises a whole host of strategic issues. For example, will a university's face-to-face -face versus online program mixture be different going forward? Or will they continue to do what they've done in the last year or so? Uh, services like administrative services that they offer students, uh, student affairs, health counseling services, for example, the uh, recruitment work that they do, all of that uh, may have changed over the last year or so. Moreover, the profile of the student body may be changing. 
as some students decide not to continue at their university and others decide that they want to try a new university. Then when all of that is uh, taken into account, the university has to decide whether it's going to reallocate resources to make those changes. Should they put more money in faculty development, more money in technology? Should there be less money put in building new spaces? There's just a lot to consider. Uh, and some of those issues are going to alter the vision that the university has for what it wants to be in the next five years or so. And then after all that exhausting work, we have to decide how are we going to communicate this uh, to the people who are our employees and our friends and our constituencies. So it's kind of an exhausting list, I think, Karen. Well, that all makes such perfect sense and certainly sounds like something universities and all nonprofits really should be doing. So what would you say exactly are the components of a strong strategic plan? Well, a strategic plan um, begins with reflection on the institution's context. If it's a public university, for example, is it in a state system? If it's a private university, uh, how does it relate to the government? You know, how does it relate to its donors? So context is very important. Once uh, the university planning group has thought about the context, they have to decide whether their mission and their vision statements, uh, as they have been written, continue to be relevant. So the second point that I want to make is that uh, a strong strategic plan has clear and articulated mission and vision statements. One of the reasons this is so important is because a strategic plan is really a means to an end. And that end is realizing your vision, becoming the university that you want to be. And the plan is only as good as it brings you toward that vision. So the other components then as you get to that are what are the strategic commitments that the institution is going to make in order to try and realize that vision? And what specific goals will it set such that if those goals are accomplished, it will move it closer to realizing its vision? Now, we like to say that in a strategic plan, the goals need to be SMART. And SMART goals are goals that are specific, measurable, goals that are attainable, goals that are responsive and relevant, and goals that are timely. So we look at a strategic plan and say, are the goals sufficiently specific and sufficiently measurable so you can answer the question, will we know when we have succeeded in accomplishing them? And then probably most important of all, in order to accomplish those goals, you have to have some key activities that you're going to undertake for each of the goals. Because it's nice to have a goal on paper, but unless you have activities that you're engaged in, you're not going to make, the wish is not going to make it come true. So we want to look at the plan very specifically in terms of what are the activities that we are doing that are going to help us realize our goals. And then finally, a strategic plan needs three associated or supporting documents. And those are an assessment plan, so you can gauge whether you're making progress, a financial plan to figure out how you're going to pay for it, 
and a communication plan to make sure that you aren't the only ones who know what you're doing, but that other people have an idea as well. You also shared that while all universities have a strategic plan, only some of them use their plans effectively. For our final question, Howard, can you talk about when, how, why strategic plans go wrong and how they can be righted? Sure. For the, the go wrong part is kind of fun. So let's talk a little bit about that. One of the ways that strategic plans go wrong is that they become more operational than strategic. That is, a university might make a checklist of all the things that it needs to do and throw it into the plan. Uh, but that turns out to be more of a yearly operation than something that will more likely lead you to your vision. Um, so keep the plan strategic and set aside the things that are operational is number one. Secondly, strategic plans that are committed without enough input from constituents, both on the university campus and in the community, can go very wrong. The point of a strategic plan is, in a way, to build consensus and understanding toward what the university needs to do. But if that's done in a vacuum without consulting with a lot of people, it's going to be very hard to get buy-in for that. So plan needs to be created with enough input. Often plans will have too many goals. Uh, one of my friends like to call that a letter to Santa. <laughs> you, know, you have a, a very long wish list of things you want to do. Uh, and everybody has their favorite goal, you know, so there might be a lot of them. But in truth, if you have a lot of goals, you dissipate your resource sources rather than concentrating them. And you need to concentrate your resources in order to get the big things done. So fewer goals that are more important is really critical. I talked about SMART goals a little earlier. Uh, often you will find plans go wrong because they use words like, we're going to do more of this, or we're going to increase that without really saying how much. And you can't make progress if you don't know what the goal is specifically, how you'll uh, achieve it. Uh, goals that aren't linked to vision uh, is a way that plans often go wrong. Uh, people will throw in a goal because it seems like it's an important thing to do, but it doesn't really contribute to where the university thinks it's going in the next five years or so. And finally, if um, resource allocations are not driven by the plan, then what the plan turns out to be is a very nice coffee table book, but not a very nice guide to the future. So those are ways it goes wrong. Uh, how do you get a plan back on track? Uh, this falls squarely on the shoulders of the campus leadership. The leadership needs to articulate the need to revisit the plan, and it needs to show determination that it's going to be moving forward to implement the plan. Leaders who leave strategic planning to a group that's been assigned the task and don't check in much with the group or don't um, follow closely what the group is doing and engage the group can't really get a plan back on track. So it takes very active, engaged leadership. And then it takes all constituents of the university, faculty, staff, students, uh, people who are um, 
related to the university, donors to the university, uh, community members who rely on the university, all of them need to be engaged in the planning. So leadership needs to reach out to those people and get them involved. And then hopefully the uh, planning process, the review process will be a facilitated process. So the members of the organization can really concentrate on what they want the plan to be rather than the nuts and bolts of how to move it forward. Howard, thank you again for being here and sharing your insights with us. No doubt there are important takeaways for those here who are listening in today. And for those of you who did tune in, thank you for being here as well. You can learn more about Howard on the Lighthouse Council website at lighthousecouncil.com or connect with Howard on LinkedIn. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Beacon, your connection to nonprofit success. Tune in every week for nonprofit topics with special guest interviews. Suggest future topics and learn more about upcoming podcasts and guests at lighthousecouncil.com.